Hi, I'm Shona, and this is my podcast. I'm a mum, a pre and postnatal trainer, CrossFit coach, yoga teacher, and I don't take myself or life too seriously. Enjoy my podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shona Strong podcast. How are you? So today is Monday. I'm feeling great. I have just had an absolutely wonderful weekend. Let me tell you about it. So it started sort of lunchtime on Friday. You know when you get those sort of weekend vibes halfway through Friday? Well, that's when ours started. We went to Six by Nico, Paul and I, baby free. Obviously, he's in nursery and it was just wonderful to have that time to ourselves. Um, We also had a mastermind with AF Mentors on owning a gym or owning a studio which was just so helpful. So AF Mentors is the business coaching that I do with Emma Slurry Gordon and she's been helping me not only with my own business but with Unit 4 CrossFit which I help Paul run. So we had a group mastermind, we were talking to other gym owners who are also on AF Mentors and what I loved about it was there was loads of people there and Paul was the only man. So all these women running businesses, helping each other, it was just heavy good vibes. Um, Paul's woken up this morning absolutely full of vim and vigour, <laughs> love that, vim and vigour, and he is just so buzzing, um, ready to start actioning all the things that we, um, all the ideas that we were given, all the things that we discussed so I love that. Anyway, then on Saturday morning, we uh, had an event on at Unit 4. One of our members is a student and she, I actually don't know what she studies. Sounds like something really, really important. But she is with her university, with some friends. She is going to Iceland for six weeks in the summer to study the habits of Arctic foxes and Arctic terns. Um, to help them. So I think she was saying that Arctic foxes are actually, uh, they're not extinct, but they are critically endangered in some parts of the world. So, she, so she's going to study them and obviously hopes to save them and stop them being critically endangered. So we had an event to help raise money to send her and it was just, again, super wholesome Lots of people came that were also not members of Unit 4. We were doing really fun workouts in teams that were animal themed. And we raised tons of money for her to go to Iceland. So really good vibes. And then I was at a course from lunchtime all the way through to the end of Sunday. And the course was called The Female Athlete. And it was held by a pelvic floor physio called Anthony Lowe. If you look him up on Instagram, he is physio detective and he has loads of educational courses. Now this course was, there was like maybe about 20 of us on the course. Um, I, I would say a quarter of us were fitness professionals of some sort. So whether we were coaches or personal trainers or massage therapists. And then the rest of the course was pelvic floor physios. The whole, I would say, like, to sort of sum up what the course was about was supporting people who have 
some sort of symptom, whether that's like pelvic floor symptom or um, diastasis, or people who have gone through pregnancy postpartum, the whole idea was supporting them back into the sort of exercise or movement that they loved and turning certain sorry my dogs are making a lot of noise right now every so often they just like they lie still for an ex like an extended period of time they've been out for a walk about half an hour ago anyway they've been lying still and then suddenly they both get up and just have a little shake and a little move do you know what that's actually really good for you <laughs> we should be doing what my dogs do more anyway back to what i was talking about so the whole idea of the course was supporting people back into exercise, doing the things that they loved, um, making them feel empowered to do so, making them feel like the sky's the limit, and also turning a lot of your preconceptions of things on their head, challenging our biases, challenging our beliefs. And this is what I want the theme of this podcast to be. I want you to challenge your beliefs about what you are capable of. So... In the group of people at this course, it was all women, mostly physios and quite a lot of us were mums as well. And at the end of the Sunday, we did a deadlift ladder. So if you don't know what a deadlift is, it's um, a lift where the weight is on the ground and you just pick it up in one go till you're standing. And it is probably one of the heaviest weights that you'll be able to lift. So... We walk into the room and there's a deadlift ladder set up. So what that means is there was maybe about 20 barbells and they started a lighter weight and they moved all up all the way up to a heavier weight. Now, Anthony wouldn't let us add up the weight on the bar. He said, don't, don't look at the bar, don't add up what the weight is. I just want you to start at the bottom and lift as heavy as you can. So keep moving along the weights. Now, there was um, probably about half the room had never deadlifted before, so there was a little section at the side where everyone could, he was teaching them and showing them how to deadlift on kettlebells. But then after about 15 minutes, once they'd done that, once they'd all learned the technique, then they moved over to the barbell. It was the most amazing thing I have witnessed in a long time. This definitely challenged my bias. So I've been a personal trainer for a very long time and I've taught a lot of people how to deadlift. That should have been taught. Sorry, mum. I've taught a lot of people how to deadlift. And if there was someone who was brand new to deadlifting, brand new to lifting weights, I probably wouldn't let them lift that heavy. I wouldn't be like, right, this is your first time deadlifting. I'm going to I'm going to see how heavy you can lift. <laughs> I would never do that. However, that's what we did on Sunday. And guess what? No one hurt themselves. Some people had never deadlifted before and were lifting their own body weight off the floor. So we're lifting 65, 70, 75 kilos off the floor having never deadlifted before in their lives. Now, once we told them how much they had lifted, the look on their face was absolutely incredible. And it was it's genuinely something I think I'll remember forever and it will have such an impact on me moving forward 
me as a coach. These people maybe would think that this was something they were never capable of. They walked into a room with all these big heavy weights and maybe it looked quite intimidating. And after 15 minutes of technique, 15 minutes of practice, then they went on and lifted heavy. And everyone was doing it and it was just the best feeling in the world. And then we all had a little debrief and Anthony was like, was asking us how we all felt. And some people were like, well, actually quite a lot of people put their hands up and said they had, they had lifted heavier than they ever had before. Quite a lot of people put their hand up and said they lifted way heavier than they ever thought they could. But generally the feeling in the room was just electric. Everyone was so buzzing and there was this a, re- a real sense of camaraderie. And he said, when you limit your clients or patients and how much they can lift, this is what you're robbing them of. Oh, yeah, that will stick with me. So what I'm taking away from this is that there's nothing stopping you from doing what you want to do. There is nothing in your way. It doesn't matter how many babies you've had. It doesn't matter what sort of diagnosis you've had. If a health professional has told you or a family member has told you or anyone has told you that you are not capable of something, it is not true. And that was with 15 minutes of practice. That wasn't with weeks or months or years of training. These people had that strength within them. They already had it. They didn't need to train for it. I just think that is so, so inspiring and motivating. And I just think that everyone should know this and feel this feeling. Another thing we did on the Sunday morning, it started at 7am. Oh, it was really early. At 7am, we did a workout all together. It was a CrossFit workout, 10 minutes. And there was three versions of the workout. There was a scaled version an RX version and an RX plus. So RX, I actually don't really know what RX stands for, but it's a CrossFit term. And it just means the sort of like standard version of the workout. And then scaled means that the the movements are slightly less challenging or more accessible. And then RX plus just means like, again, you're scaling it upwards. So making it more challenging for maybe people that are a bit more sort of experienced and advanced. So we all did that workout together and 10 minutes, some people haven't exercised in a long time, everyone's at different stages of their own sort of postpartum journey um, and they were all doing movements, which well, actually all of us were doing movements, there was some movements that I did that I'd never done before and then at the end of the 10 minutes, we were all lying, <laughs> we were all lying, breathing out our arse. And again, Anthony asked us like what we thought and how we felt and people were were putting their hands up thinking, I was absolutely pooing my pants thinking about having to do this workout. They were not looking forward to it, but how proud they were and they felt that this wouldn't be something that they would be able to do unless they had trained, but look at them. They had done it, they'd managed it. And we were all feeling that same feeling of, yes, we've got through something, we've done this together, which was just a lovely feeling. And again, Anthony reminded us that this is is the feeling that we want our clients to feel. 
this sort of community aspect, this this camaraderie. And I think like health professionals uh, and fitness professionals, especially people who work with this demographic of, of women, so pregnant people, postpartum people, were there's so many myths out there. And then also these myths are kind of perpetuated within our industry. And we're so conscious and worried and concerned about making any symptom worse. So for example, if a woman's had a prolapse, we're like, maybe some physios might be quite nervous to recommend that she goes straight back to her CrossFit class or goes back into powerlifting or any sort of like, uh, or running or impact or, you know, trampolining, anything that she wants to do or she did before her baby, they might be a bit concerned about, um, about sending her back to that because they're worried that the symptoms might get worse or they might make her diagnosis worse. But they're missing out the fact that by telling a patient or client to avoid a certain exercise or to limit her exposure to a certain exercise can really impact the quality of that person's life because that feeling of sharing that space with other people, being in the community, it's their family, it's their safe space, it's their happy place. We need people doing that and we can't stop them from doing that and actually it's perfectly safe and encouraged to do that regardless of your diagnosis. And finally, I just want to tell you a little story about um, what happened to me while I was there. So halfway through the second day, Anthony had an ultrasound machine out. So what he was doing with the ultrasound machine was scanning people's abs to see if they could contract their transverse abdominis muscle by itself. So isolate that muscle. Now, just for a little bit of context, there's four layers of abdominal muscle and it's very difficult to contract the deepest layer of muscle and quite often um people are told especially if you're working with like you know postpartum people so personal trainers and physios are taught that you can manually feel the transverse abdominis muscle contract but what he was showing us that that is not the transverse abdominis muscle it's actually the inner obliques or the outer obliques or the rectus abdominis Sorry, this is a little bit too technical. Anyway, it was so interesting and so cool to look at. And he also was scanning a girl's abs to measure her diastasis. So she's had two babies and the diastasis is basically the stretching of the linea alba between the rectus abdominal muscles. So he was able, using his machine, to scan that space that she had. Now, just for context, this person is perfectly functional. She has um, abs that work. She's not limited in any way. She doesn't have any back pain. She doesn't have any pelvic floor symptoms. She just so happens to have a stretched linea alba from carrying two babies. So during the lunch break, I was really interested to have, I really wanted my abs scanned. I was like, I want my whole body scanned. Scan me up, please, Anthony. But we were um, checking each other for diastasis gaps using our fingers. So a really common method of checking that gap 
and that it's taught to physios, taught to pre and postnatal personal trainers, is using fingers. So when a person is lying back and they lift their head, you can press your fingers and however many fingers you can press in is based on how many centimetres gap is. Now, you can tell right now from listening to me, that's probably going to be quite an inaccurate way of measuring because we've all got differently sized fingers. And I had my, I was like feeling myself and I could feel quite a, quite a gap. And it's never something that's bothered me. It's never really something I've thought about. I never really thought I had a gap. Um, I can see my abs sometimes. And I mean, they don't really look aesthetically any different to how they looked pre-pregnancy. And also my abs, my core strength is definitely better now than it was pre-pregnancy because I can do way more toes to bar. I can do way more upside downy things, blah, blah, blah. So I asked Anthony if he could measure my gap using his ultrasound machine and he did and he was able to accurately measure the gap so I had no no real gap to think or to to notice above the belly button but below the belly button and at the belly button there was a gap of I think it was just over two centimeters and that would be something that I mean I was only aware of it 19 months postpartum as of I was only aware of it as of yesterday has it impacted my uh, my ability to return to exercise absolutely not could it have had I known this right at the very start it might have which is so interesting and a lesson that Anthony taught us using my abs (laughs) that how important is it to give that diagnosis out to someone when they are like six weeks, 12 weeks postpartum? Or how important is it to frame the way that you communicate that message to someone? And why our language as fitness professionals, physios is so important? Because if if you go in and tell someone that they've got a diastasis, tell someone they've got a gap, and use words like, oh, that might cause weakness or it might cause lower back pain, then that's going to massively limit someone and they might not return to the exercise that they would have had they known that. I don't actually know how it would have impacted me if I'd known. I think because I am so clued up on the topic, it's something that I find very, very interesting and I know that women with diastasis are absolutely capable of anything that they want to be regardless of all the misinformation that's out there. But I wonder if even just knowing that about myself would have changed things. It's interesting. So yeah, I have a slight diastasis, but very strong abs and absolutely no back pain issues. So we're all good. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and really my goal in life as a coach is to make you know how truly capable you are. You are strong, capable, adaptable and bloody resilient. Have an amazing day. Love you all loads. Speak to you soon. Bye.